you now. This is Shane O'Keefe on Scoreline Extra. Some of the interviews that we've conducted over eight hours of sports on KCLR every Saturday and Sunday we do that from two to six. We have loads coming up on the show. We'll talk professional wrestling with professional wrestler Katie Harvey. Joe Sheehan runs down all things Greyhounds. Colin Cronin lets us know what's happening on week 18 in the NFL. Gary Marr and Shawnee Doyle talk the massive rivalry between Freebooters and Evergreen as they met in the Kilkenny District League in a top-of-the-table clash. Kilkenny City Harriers discussed their new funding programme and, of course, we'll be bringing you all the GAA talk as Evan Shefflin looks ahead to Dunloy with Shamrocks looking to claim another All-Ireland Club Championship and post-match reaction from the Kilkenny Anopheli game which just so happens to be Derek Ling's first game in charge of Kilkenny. We're going to start things off with just the man himself. This is Derek Ling speaking to Brendan Hennessy. Derek, congratulations. It's great to win the first one. I know a bit of relief, I suppose, and competitive to be fair. Yeah, I know it's very competitive. Uh, look, there's um, the appetite for these competitions and from, from everyone is, is there and we knew it was going to be very competitive. Obviously, have a good bit of work done and there were, had probably a, a few games on us and we're only back hurling since... Um, since Christmas, really. So, look, I was really happy. He was really happy. We, we made lots of made plenty of mistakes, and we're, we're trying to do the right thing, but the effort, was get, the effort was there, and that was the most important thing. So, look, we'll have to build on it now again this week and try and look for improvements for next weekend. A few debutants out there today, a bit of experience. Your experience off the bench worked well in the end also. Yeah, it did, and it was needed. Look, I mean, six new lads exposed them to senior hurling for the first time. It's a big, it's a big step up, no matter what you're playing and what competition. So... But I was really happy with them, and uh, they'll improve again. And yeah, that's that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a competitive panel, and hopefully next week we'll get a look at more lads again. Okay, I'm just about to preempt that. I was going to say, can any supporters be saying what will happen next week? We get a big panel there today. Probably seeing a few new more faces next week. Yeah, like we have, I suppose anyone that's fit was involved today. So we we have a few knocks. Some lads, you know. There's lots of codes and things going around at the minute, so you know we're, we had a few lads not involved today that hopefully will be you know around for next weekend as well. So we'll try and get a bit of hurling into them. So it's about getting just get minutes into everybody really as well and making sure that we're prepared for the league when it rolls around. You were on to Robbie during the week, but just to say, I heard you saying to him a great advantage that you were appointed in August. You had a little bit of time. I know it's only the first match, but it did make a big difference, did it? I know it did. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, you look at and. At the same time, I'm happy now we've got started because there's a long, there's a long kind of, uh, there's a long wait for it as well. So I'm um, happy to get going and look at this, the next, the next month's going to fly. It's going to be game on game. So, um, but that's what we want. That's what, the, that's what we want to see as well. Get to see the players in action and no better place to see what they're like be in competitive games. So, yeah. Step by step, it's Leash next week. They had a good win today, so I'm sure it'll be a huge crowd in Rathdowney next weekend. Huge Kilkenny crowd, huge Leash crowd. Yeah, no, for sure. Look, Leash have yeah, they've shown over the years the same as Offaly. Look, they're really good hurlers, and they will be they will be a challenge. I'm sure they've they have a good bit of work done as well, and um, yeah, it'll be competitive. Obviously, Derek, before I do let you go, you said there's a whole new meaning to the Walsh Cup. Teams take it very seriously. You'd love to win this competition, but it's going to be as Brian did, one step at a time, and you have a few important matches. Would you like to be playing competitive hurling right up to the start of the league? Yeah, no, for sure. Like I said, you're going to take it week by week, but at the same time, we're going to be working hard through it all. But come when the when the matches roll around on Sunday, we want to be competitive. Like we want to win. I mean, that's that's the whole point of it. So yeah, so we'll see where that see where that takes us. Hopefully, it'll be enough to land us in the knockout stages of it. What impressed you most today? 
Oh, the effort and attitude is, is, is top class. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's there. You know, the, the mistakes, you know, at times we've made life hard on ourselves. Um, probably, you know, gave away too many fouls as well. But look, that's to be expected. I'd be hoping that, you know, we'll sharpen, we'll sharpen up as we move along. There wasn't a lot of referees given today anyway, whether it was fouls given or not, the referees seemed to let a lot go there, which is fair enough. You're yeah, probably, yeah. We're happy with the competitiveness of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, that's the main, it's great preparation. Yeah. So, look at that, that, that was happy with that. There's no issue with that at all. So, yeah. Well, listen, I won't delay you. Well done on your first outing. I know you said you waited a while for delighted to see you winning and we look forward to Leash next week. So, best of luck, Derek, and best of luck in your, in your management campaign. Appreciate that. Thanks, Thanks very much. Very best of luck to you. Come on. Thanks. I'm with new Offaly manager Johnny Kelly at the first round of the Walsh Cup. Kilkenny, you were four-point victors today in John Locke Park and Callan. But Johnny, you must have been very pleased with your side's performance. You're really putting a good one. Actually, happy enough. Yeah, yeah. Probably disappointed we didn't get more out of the game. Like, and um, yeah, we move on to next week, and hopefully we can improve upon that. And what did you make of your side's performance, I suppose, in a bit more detail? Because a lot of people would have expected maybe that you would have stuck with Kilkenny for maybe the first half, 45 minutes, and then did uh, power on. But you seem to really stick with them fitness-wise, if for not anything else. Yeah, that's the nature of this competition. Like it's it's pre-season and it's about getting ready for the league and obviously obviously in a, in a lower division than Kilkenny. So building on our fitness and building on our, our on our team play and um, you know matching teams like this with physicality and, and discipline is often important. Yeah. And in the Walsh Cup, is it more about performances maybe than results? Are you looking to hit the ground running results-wise? How do you approach it as a manager and as a management management team? Both, to be fair, you're always looking to result. You're looking to win games. Every game you play, you're looking to win it. Um, but like key to winning is, is is getting good performances from the vast majority of your players. So we're happy enough that we got some good performances today, and and you know guys to come back into it. So hopefully that'll leave us in a good position by the end of the Watch Cup. And is it also about introducing a lot of younger players and different players into the panel and giving them an opportunity to put on an Offaly jersey? Yeah, we have a couple of young players there as well. Like, but even going back to some of the older players that weren't involved for the last couple of years, bringing them back into the fold again, and um, you know, expanding a panel and you know, getting a good solid team together that, that can compete and hopefully, um, as you said, we said get results over the coming weeks. And then, of course, it's Wexford up next again. Is it a similar approach? I suppose you'll want to be competitive, maybe looking for that first win. Yeah, of course, actually, yeah. Uh, Wexford next week in Bar. Um, go in now and assess the guys from injuries, fatigue, uh, train during the week, and um, act appropriately, and, and hopefully get our energy levels back up for next week uh, against Wexford. And how are you finding it yourself personally, Johnny? Obviously, as I mentioned, it was your first game today, but I'm sure the hard work would have started long before the new year. How have you found uh, your introduction into the job? Uh, fine, it's it's hurling. It's it's a game. Uh, I've been involved in for years so uh, I know these Offaly lads fairly well for the last couple of years under under Mike Fenley like, and uh, Mike did great work down there so we're uh, happy enough at the minute with where they're going you know, we move on next week And going forward obviously as we mentioned maybe this isn't as imperative as what the league or championship will be what's the primary focus for Offaly this year is it to try and get out of the Joe McDonough Cup do you even look that far ahead is it one game at a time how, how are you going to approach that? simple as this we look to win the league and we look to win the Joe McDonough Cup that's why we're looking for Drew that's why we're here we hopefully can achieve that won't be easy some brilliant teams there Kerry excellent Leash there as well Kildare improving every day and had a great run this year with Nace so the teams in it are quite good but our aim is similar to the rest of them we want to win the Joe McDonough Cup well Johnny great performance today thanks ever so much for speaking to me and best of luck with the year to come thank you very much 
And we Offaly GA chairman at the first game of the season, the Walsh Cup between Kilkenny and Offaly in John Locke Park in Callan. Exciting times for Offaly, Michael, of course, with Johnny Kelly being in charge and a new season to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I suppose, first of all, fantastic to be here in Callan today. Brilliant setup uh, for a club grounds, great crowd in, a great atmosphere here. So, look, really looking forward to it. Yeah, look, Johnny has taken over. Uh, few new additions in the backroom team as well the lads have been training away well and it's great for Offaly to get matches like this you know, to, you know obviously we've slipped uh, a level and, and we're, we're down to Joe McDonough in Division 2 in the league so to get a match, match against Kilkenny is brilliant for our players uh, we've Wexford next week leash the week after so great preparation for the National League 36 on the panel training hard and an opportunity for them all to get a couple of good matches into them before the league starts and how much of an opportunity is it, as you say, to get kind of games against, you know, the best teams, Kilkenny being all Ireland finalists last year, Wexford being quite strong, and to really start from a from a good place going into twenty twenty three? Yeah, it is. Look, obviously Kilkenny very experimental today, um, but you know, but as awfully you know, wouldn't have a full team either. But it's an opportunity. I'm sure the Kilkenny lads are going to be very very hungry today. But it, no, it is great for us because um, <coughs> to play Division One teams, to play teams at the top, Kilkenny obviously just narrowly beaten the Ireland final last year. So it's it's brilliant for our players, and I suppose look, we're just looking forward to a good game. Hopefully we're competitive here today and play well and get as much as we can out of it. That's the big thing. So sometimes you don't know uh, what the gap will be. And uh, uh, in, at, the, at this level, obviously, we're, as I say, we're, we're, we're down the John McDonough. But look, we're working hard to get back up into Liam McCarthy and hopefully that will happen over the next year or two. And just generally, as you say, you're at the Joe McDonough Cup at the moment, Division 2, but it seems like Offaly Hurling in general over the last couple of years has really kind of been building um, with Michael Fenley originally, of course, at Kilkenny Man, and now going forward with Johnny. Is the aim to obviously try and go on, win that Joe McDonough Cup and return to the Leinster Championship? Yeah, that's it, you know, and uh, look, we're very young. Uh, I think we have a, we have a lot of... Um like even on our senior team we've a lot of very young players and then obviously our minors got to the Ireland final last year that's under 17 so I look the 20s is a big priority for us over the next couple of years as well to try to bring through all them players look after them keep them together so look obviously we want to get back to Liam McCarthy and we want to make sure we're ready to stay there when we get there so look that's going to take a lot of work it won't be a year or two we're, we're looking at a three to five year project in Offaly and everyone is working hard there's a great buzz in the county about hurling and football and uh, look as I say uh, it's going to take us a couple of years I say no promises for this year we're going to do our best we're going to see how far we can get if we win the John McDonough great but we want to be really competitive in it and we were disappointed last year not to make the final uh, last to Carlow in our last match so hoping to improve on that and just quickly Michael obviously from the outside looking in what do you make of Kenny going forward Derek Ling's first game in charge today how do you see their prospects of ending their 8 year way for an All-Ireland yeah look Limerick obviously setting the standard but Kilkenny hugely competitive last year uh, Ballyhill obviously integral part of that Like I, th- I think they have 12 on the panel which is massive you know, for the club team so obviously they don't have any of those as at the minute um, you're going to have an opportunity uh, I suppose oh jeez a block down there we're <laughs> uh, going to have an opportunity in, in the next uh, uh, during the next number of months for them to blood new players too and I think look that's they probably need to find two or three players but they have a fantastic base there uh, the likes of David Blanchfield who's playing here today came on last year in the final I think he'll be a big player maybe for them this year so uh, Kilkenny will never be too far away well, Michael I let you all thanks ever so much for giving up your time today and best wishes with Offaly this year I appreciate that thanks William With Bally Hale, halfback Evan Shefflin to look ahead to their All Ireland final meeting um, with Dunlai. Evan, looking forward to now, I suppose, it's been a couple of weeks since the semi final win against Bally Gunner. Uh, brilliant victory that was. Yeah, uh, it's nice to come into New Year looking forward to an All Ireland final. Um, going over Bally Gunner just for Christmas, you know, it really helped with the Christmas. Um, obviously, we enjoyed ourselves over Christmas as well, so that was good as well. But uh, yeah, like I said, brilliant way to go into 2023 with an All Ireland final to forward to. And just to reflect on that performance against Bally Gunner, it seemed to be 
the most complete performance of the year, I think. Um, you know, you played well maybe in the first half in some games, second half in others, but there seemed to be an extra level attached to that game. Was that something that you thought about consciously ahead of the all in semi-final? Yeah, well, like, if you look at our two matches before that, like the first half against Nace was bad, but the second half was better. And then we were good in the first half against Kilmacud and we were bad in the second half. So that's what we were looking, looking to do put two halves together that were decent and up to standard and thankfully we did that look the scoreboard probably didn't reflect what, how dominant we were at times there we could have got a couple more goals but again look that's just down to the quality of Stephen O'Keefe on the goal so um, yeah we were happy with how that went and uh, being able to get two good halves together was, was really good to get to was it extra special considering the all earned final last year, which was spoken about a lot, or how do you approach that as a team? Do, do you mention it in the build-up to it, and in the aftermath, does it add that extra bit because you have defeated a team that, that stopped you in the all earned final in 2022? A small bit, but I think uh, Pahoven said it himself there after the match. It was more about getting back to an all earned final. It wasn't really about beating Bally Gunner. It was about getting back to the all earned final where we lost last year and righting that wrong. So I think... Yeah, look, it's, it's nice to beat the Ireland champions, but at the end of the day, we wanted to be back in the Ireland final. Whether it was Thomas's or Dunloy or Ballygunner, we'd be in semi-final. That's all we were focused on, was getting to a final, and look, we were delighted that we got, got the opportunity to. And now it is, of course, Dunloy in the final. You'll be heavy favourites going into that one. Do you take much note of that, that maybe there's that added bit of pressure that Dunloy are such underdogs? Or, again, how do you go about preparing for this game? Because, of course, you have been involved in a fair few of these over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think preparation is the same. Look, the older lads there, they, they, this is probably their 15th or 20 dollar in the final between Kilkenny and club. Like, so a lot of lads know how to prepare for our final as well. And look, like talk about Dunloy, they, they best Loch Neil and Loch Neil ran us to the wire a couple of years ago. So like we're under no illusions that they are going to be a serious outfit. And if we're not up to standards, we're not going to win, simple as that. Can you look forward to it, or is there kind of do n- are nerves attached in the build-up? How how are you kind of mentally ahead of such a big game? Uh, I think I think there's no reason to be nervous about something like this. You know, um, 2022 was a weird one in Ballyhale. You know, we had such great highs and then such low lows. So I think people are. are um, like they're very fortunate and they're grateful at the fact that we get to go up to Crow Park again in January to fight for an Ireland final so look obviously we will maybe on the day or the day before make it a bit nervous but the feeling around is a good one and look we wanted to keep it that way now going into the Ireland and then hopefully after Ireland so yeah all, all is good so far anyway and just finally, having a, a word on Pat Holman, he's come in this year. Um, how important is he and his management team being in terms of getting you back to another All Ireland final? Uh, massive, you know. Uh, we kind of felt a small bit stale kind of after last year. Like you wouldn't really know where to go with yourself after a loss like that. You know, whether it was just unlucky or whether like there was something else different we could have done. So a bit of freshness. It's all, it's always good, you know. So I think the lads coming in was always going to be a good thing, but. You know the level that they brought, like Niall with his fitness, and then Jimmy with his hurling and his tactics as well. Like so, you know, like all three of them brought something new to the table, and it really helped us kind of bring up a small, an extra level. And you could see that throughout Kenny and through Leinster, and again the last day against Bally Gunner. Like you know, tactically we're probably better set up than we ever have been. So, you know, they have brought something extra, and like, we're delighted to have them. Well, thanks a million for speaking to me today, Evan, and best wishes for the All-Ireland Final. Hopefully we'll be chatting to you after a victory. No bother. Thanks very much.
I'm with Kilkenny City Harriers Athletic Club Chairperson John May at the launch of the KCH Athletic Club High Performance Support and Funding uh, Programme Initiative. John, could you explain to our listeners exactly what it is? I suppose uh, Kilkenny City Harriers has a, a reputation now not just within Kilkenny but also nationally for high performance athletics. And so the launch today, the programme today, up until now, uh, our high performance efforts have been very much so they have been structured and programmed the program has been funded and structured in a very discretionary fashion today we're launching a, an actual ring fence structure with a ring fence budget to try and support our athletes who are already at the high performance level continue to progress and to try and create uh, some sort of a structure that allows those who are just about ready to make that next step to give them every chance to make that next step up to high performance level and how important are initiatives like this for the athletes? Oh, they're crucially important. And I mean, this particular initiative, there are, there, we would be possibly the only club in the, the country who are running an initiative like this. There's, there's another club running something similar, but we would have spent a year kind of trashing this out in a, a smaller group before bringing it back to the wider membership of the club. We went to a number of committee meetings. And I suppose the, the benefit of it is that as, essentially it's, it's providing support for amateur athletes to, uh, to, to, to fund the dream of achieving what is their maximum potential. And could you, you kind of mentioned it there briefly, but could you bring us through the process of how this initially came to you? Because I suppose it would have taken a long time to get from where you started to where we are today. Yeah, essentially, it's been a year in a way, but I mean, it hasn't been a year either. Like over the last number of years in the club, let's say, even if we were to track back as from 2019, but we could go further back. I mean, the last six Olympics have had a representative from Kilkenny City Harriers on the Irish athletics team. So, like, I mean, the, the, the club has been producing high performers at national and international level for a long time now but in particular I suppose things have started to really gather steam in the last number of years and in 2018 2019 we would have had a number of representatives selected for let's say the European cross country selected for uh, international track and field championships and as a club we're, like while we welcome that success we have to also look at ourselves as a club and reflect how can we continue to support this and how can we continue to encourage this success and build on it again because it's also true to say we're one of the fastest growing juvenile clubs in the country we're now uh, last year we would have finished up as the fourth biggest club in, in Ireland and I suppose to, to try and put all that together and to put together a structure that will guarantee that we will have continued progress within our club that's that's where it would have started so a year ago we started with that initial idea how would you support it it has to be something that's very innovative there isn't necessarily a model out there within Irish athletics and you know there's there's a lot of potential pitfalls like what do these athletes need how do we assess this how do we set criteria for it these were all the types of questions we had to juggle with we were very very lucky we put together a, a committee of people who were really really have a, a, a good idea as to number one the structures of the athletics club and number two what high performance athletics looks like and so over the full year stress tested a couple of times at a number of meetings and finally ratified at our most recent AGM on December 14th we finally were now at the point where here today we're ready to launch this high performance programme and what are the fundamental objectives of the programme, John? Well, the fundamental objectives, I suppose, is number one, we, we want to support those who are already in that high performance space and that is the club uh, adding to in whatever way, shape or form that support is needed, adding to uh, that type of assistance. Number two, it's about trying to help. We, we would have had, uh, in 2019, we would have had 10 individuals compete in the National Senior Track and Field Championships. How do we help 
our athletes who let's say maybe at the moment we I know this is a, a, a hypothetical character that came up a number of times in our discussions so an individual who is ninth in his sprint discipline in Ireland how do we help that guy go from ninth to eighth to seventh what's the step that we need to make and there can be a big fall off and these these athletes they're individual athletes they don't necessarily have that training that team environment to train in that perhaps you know we, we naturally think of when we think of sport in Ireland we think of you know the GA that team environment and how can we provide the kind of supports that you would have in a team environment if you were a hurler that maybe you don't have as an athlete and in particular there's a big fall off between the end of secondary school into third level and from third level back into the professional world how do we support someone who's entering the professional world entering a physical peak uh, and entering what should be a period of time where they can really maximise their potential how do we help them to maximise that potential while juggling all the other bits that are going on in their lives and just generally John for the club it was a great end to last year with the European Cross Countries of course um, four athletes if I'm correct from the club representing Ireland um, what's the hopes now going forward I mean at an elite level but also just across the board for the entire uh, Kilkenny City Harriers well for the, for the Harriers uh, I mean like a phrase I've used a couple of times here is about maximising people's potential right and like that's that number one across the club we want everybody who's involved in our club and we have like 600 plus members we want every single member of our club to receive an opportunity to maximise their potential number one in terms of this high performance piece though uh, and just when we look at the standard in our juvenile club at the moment and we would like to you know if we, if we look down the line maybe in 10 years time like we've had one athlete at every Olympics for the last six Olympics imagine if someday we were in a position where we might have two uh, we had four athletes at the European cross country two of them came home with medals I mean that's an incredible that's an incredible level of success sustaining that success is something that we really that, that's the kind of level that we really want to continue we also want to be able to try and, and continue to make the city of Kilkenny proud of our endeavours like I mean you know like you referenced the, the European cross country like the outpouring of goodwill to the club when we have those big moments when we have our celebrations is incredible it's about trying to ensure that we continue to you know represent Kilkenny and Kilkenny City at the best possible level and I suppose that's that's really the, the future hope for all these sort of programs and initiatives is the key for Kilkenny City Harriers because they have been so successful and will continue to be successful going forward I would have thought is it that they have to be proactive in, in these initiatives and any other future initiatives also well like we can't afford to stand still obviously we we're, we're in a position where we're in a, a wonderful sports city but we're in a city where we are absolutely a minority sport and that's despite the fact that we have 600 members we have you know almost 40 something individual athletes within the club last year picking up national level medals you have to be proactive you've got to plan for what's coming down the line um, like we had four athletes at our most recent at the, at the recent European cross country I can tell you the effect that has on you know 40 to 50 individual athletes who are in that uh, teenage age group at the moment is massive you know and you've got to show people their heroes you've got to allow people to have these dreams and the greatest way that people in our club can get these dreams is by being able to interact and see and touch base with people who are just like them who are from Kilkenny who are within the club and who have managed to make it to that level that they want to achieve Well John it's a brilliant initiative and thanks ever so much for speaking to me today Thanks very much
I'm with Dr. Bill Cudahy, Chairperson of the High Performance Support and Funding Programme that was launched today for Kilkenny City Harriers at the Set Theatre. Um, Dr. Cudahy, for yourself, what does your role entail as Chairperson of this particular fund, funding programme? Well, I'm, I'm, chairing a, I'm chairing a group of uh, f- five people and our job will be to try and implement a, a high-performance perf- high support programme uh, with some financial help for our uh, elite athletes in Kilkenny City Harriers uh, to allow them to compete at the highest level, but also to help to identify promising athletes who haven't yet reached the elite level to give them the supports that they'll stay involved uh, in, in the sport and uh, that, that they'll reach the uh, elite level and, and reach the maximum of their performance. And how did you become involved in it? Uh, John May asked me to become involved in it. It's as simple as that. I, I was working with John on behalf of Cushnor, Kilkenny's Cancer Support uh, Centre, and we're, we have a charity run c- c- coming up uh, on, on the bank holiday of St Bridget's weekend, and Harriers are helping us. They helped us last year as well. And so John knows my background in terms of my... Uh, family involvement with Kilkenny City Harriers and uh, so John asked me to become involved in this so I was more than happy to help out. And how imperative are initiatives like this to help elite athletes because we know that there is a need for funding if they are to reach their potential I suppose? Well there is an absolute need for funding because there are costs involved. Uh, there's costs involved uh, in in even getting your gear, in in going training in traveling in traveling to to training camps in traveling for competition uh you know and uh there you know there's a, so there's a huge amount uh, of of hidden costs there and and some athletes are getting the elite athletes are getting some funding from from sport ireland some are on uh, sports scholarships from colleges particularly in the states but also here in ireland as well uh, but some are relying on their parents uh, and, and some are working part-time and trying to do it as well. So it's, it, it's, it's difficult to do it. And so we, uh, John has organised over the years, they, they, they have built up a, a, a bit of a fund and they're using that fund this year to try and help elite athletes. In the long term, they're hoping to get some corporate um, support for this into the future. And just the club in general, it seems to be going from strength to strength. I mentioned to the chairperson, John May, the fact that there was four athletes from the club representing Ireland at the recent European cross-country um, championships. Do you feel like an initiative like this will just continue to kind of build on the great work that has been done in the recent months and years gone by? Yeah, I think there is. And, and I, I, I think um, when I look back to when my daughter started running, when Joanne started, uh, the numbers in the club were quite small at that stage, um, but one of the best things that happened was the fit for life thing, because that actually got an awful lot of people from uh, outside of the world of athletics involved in the club, and they brought their children in with them, and then they all got into the club. So the numbers in the club are much, much bigger now, uh, and uh, it, it's, it's thanks to that that the funds are there now that will help, uh, help to promote this particular programme. And, you know, it, it, success feeds success. And uh, so I, I, I see it going from strength to strength in terms of numbers and hopefully then also in terms of performances. And your background, of course, isn't just in athletics. You're also the Kilkenny team doctor from 1985 to 2001. Um, 
could you let our listeners know what was that experience like? <laughs> well, yeah, I, that was that was um, not as successful as it was after I left, as my kids are quick to point out. Uh, I had it for 17 years and we won three, three All-Irelands. And uh, for the next 10 years after I left, we didn't stop winning. The next 15 years after I left, we didn't stop winning All-Irelands. So... Um, yeah, my kids were quick to, to point the blame uh, at me for being the, the cause for holding them back. Well, I'm sure you weren't, and I know you did a great job. But we've Michael Walsh, our KCLR analyst, of course, but always is very complimentary of you. And I'm very complimentary of you today. Great work being done with the Kenny City Harriers, and it was brilliant talking to you today, Dr. Cuddy. Thank you very much. I'm a Kilkenny City Harriers athlete, uh, Cleena Manning, at the launch of the Kilkenny City Harriers Athletic Club High Performance Support and Funding Programme Initiative. Cleena, how important is an initiative like this to help athletes like yourself? I think it's very important. Um, like, doing athletics, unfortunately, is expensive and uh, giving people the opportunity to access this support is, is really good and a great initiative by KCH. Is that the key that initiatives like this allow for equality of opportunity for all athletes? Yeah, actually, it, well, it's part of the key. I think athletics is a, a complex sport. There's a lot of things that need to go right, but definitely having access to financial support is one of the one of the pillars and one of the things that will help an athlete. And also, I think it also having access to this sort of support gives athletes opportunity to like enjoy the sport like going away for a weekend racing with your friends is like it's great fun so to give athletes access to that is is nice as well um yeah and you were speaking at the launch here and and you spoke quite well about the five key things that any athlete needs to be successful could you expand on that and explain why you feel that Kilkenny City Harriers currently have three of them in place and are maybe going in search of two um yeah so in my opinion, uh, I think there are five things that a athlete needs um, to help them perform at their highest. Um, I think that's the athlete themselves need drive and ambition. Um, we need coaches, and KTH, in fairness to them, has coaches that have a proven track record at that. Um, we need community, so like it's an individual sport, but you need people in your corner, you need people picking you up when you things don't go well, you need people encouraging you. Um, and I think KCH do a really good job of that. I think some of our members are some of the most supportive people I've come across in this sport. Um, the fourth thing I think is funding. And this is, KCH have been very good to me in terms of funding, but I think this puts structure on it and lets athletes know what's available to them. And I think that will help that one immensely. And then finally, the last thing is luck. Like every athlete needs things to go their way on the day. Um, and I don't think there's anything we can do about that one. But... <laughs> And speaking of luck, um, your own situation, of course, brilliantly you represented Ireland at the Olympics in Tokyo in 2021, but you were hampered by injuries before that. Could you explain to our listeners kind of what that journey was like prior to the Olympics and then actually making the team? Because, as I said, it was an incredible achievement. Yeah, my story is uh, in some ways unlucky, but in other ways quite lucky. Um, So I basically in 2019... I got a fracture in my foot um, and then I got the same fracture again in 2020 and this is basically an old fracture that I had from when I was um, 18 and it just would never heal properly um, and it, it hampered me for about three years um, in terms of my training competing that I'd get a little bit of consistency and then my foot would break, go in a boot for six weeks, come 
and that kind of process. So when I injured it in January 2020, this was my fifth stress fracture in like three years. So I was pretty, pretty down about it and um, ended up having to go to a specialist in London um, to see what was wrong. And he said, it's basically an injury that just never healed. Um, he suggested I get surgery on it. So I got surgery in February 2020. And then as everyone know, March 2020, we went into lockdown. So um, in terms of luck, I'd say I had two weeks there. If I was two weeks later, I wouldn't have got this surgery. Um, then, yeah, I suppose then, like I had no Olympic aspirations at that stage. When I decided to go for surgery, I literally just wanted my foot fixed because it just was, I wasn't able to train at all. Um, and then I... Obviously, COVID hit and lockdown and all that stuff. So I slowly, very slowly made my way back. And in May 2021, I ran my first race in Belfast in about two years. Um, I then went to race in the AI Games in Dublin two weeks later. And then the final race was the National Seniors. Um, where I came third and that then get, got me selection for the mixed relay team in Tokyo um, so yeah it was unlucky in some ways that I had this injury that kept coming back and hampered me for a few years but I suppose lucky also um, just in the timing of getting the surgery and I suppose COVID gave me the opportunity to slowly come back and um, to slowly get back from the injury and yeah and what was Tokyo like, the, the burning question? Uh, Tokyo was... So I was a, a sub on the relay, so obviously I would have loved to have run. But uh, even to be there was pretty cool. Like, we were gone over there. We were flown business class over because of COVID. They wanted to keep us separate, uh, which was an amazing experience. Um, we were then basically in a, a retreat kind of hotel where we were isolating. But we are isolating. We could move around within the team, which was lovely. Um, and then we went to the Olympic Village, which was just so surreal and um, really, really cool and really amazing. And the energy around the event was really good. The team did really well. They ran a national record to get to the final, which was like kind of unexpected at the time that they'd get to an Olympic final. Um, it's now set a precedence because they've since gotten to the world final. So, um, yeah, no, it was amazing. Brilliant experience. And even though you were a sub, of course, what what's the feeling like even now and, and going forward? What What is that feeling like to know that you are an Irish Olympian? Um, it's pretty cool, to be honest. <laughs> I would have thought so. Uh, no, to be honest, the, what it actually taught me most is that, like, you actually don't know what's around the corner. Like, if someone had said you'd run three races and get selected, I'd be like, that's not possible. Um, so it just showed me that you don't know what's around the corner and to just try your best and see if the opportunities come your way yeah it was absolutely brilliant and of course um we are now at the start of 2023 what, what are your hopes for that I'm, i suppose it's hard to beat the olympics but i'm sure you'll try your best yeah no um my hopes like like all athletes i want to run faster <laughs> improve my pb um, that's the aim of the game at the end of the day um, and then as well as that there's the relay team is doing really well at the moment so hopefully I can help the relay team qualify for the Worlds and then get on the team and actually run at the Worlds um, in Budapest in the summer. So, yeah. I'm with James Lettingham at the launch of the Kilkenny City Harriers Athletic Club High Performance Support and Funding Programme Initiative. James, I know you were key 
a key driving force behind all of this. Could you explain to us what your role in the initiative was? So I suppose just going back and obviously thanks a million for opportunity to speak with you. Uh, going back a little bit, I, I would have been in the place that this program is hoping to to support athletes where you're on the bridge of looking to compete at a high high level. And in order to do that then that you need supports and financial supports which will come from the club will will hugely benefit these people. So I'd have had an understanding what it you know, what it takes to compete at the highest level. Um, and then for me it would have been looking at policies or, or similar programs programs that were in existence um, across the country and then to try and shape a program that would suit the needs of Kilkenny City Harriers and that's basically what my input would have been. Uh, write a document that gives clear uh, guidelines on a three-tiered uh, support structure and then um, obviously then you've, you've seen the launch here today and, and the hope is that over the next year that it's going to support those athletes that fall under those three tiers. And what is that three-tiered support structure that you're speaking about? So you've, you've got um, what we'll call a gold, a silver and a bronze. And the gold is, is just somebody who's on the bridge of um, making European and, and world-level competitions. They're not quite on a sports, um, sports council sponsorship, um, but they're, they're on the bridge of getting to those competitions. So we would try and have a, a, a quite a significant amount of support for those. Um, and then reaming it back from there, athletes who are making an international stage, not quite uh, European level or Olympic level competitions, but um, they're, they're on the bridge then of, of, of moving on to that next year. And then at the, the bronze level, you've got young developing athletes that uh, are, are getting underage, um, kind of under under 23 championships, things like that. They're just coming off the bridge of a collegial system support or they're kind of coming away from their family supports and they might need a couple of euro to go in training camps, etc. Um, and it'll just give them the opportunity to step on in their, their performances, you know. And obviously it's focused on finance. For people that maybe don't have a great understanding or haven't been involved in athletics clubs at any sort of age or, or level, how important is financing in terms of supporting these athletes? Because as you rightfully mentioned, they are amateur and it seems to me like there has, there's a need for a lot of funding to go into them and to make them elite athletes. So even if it's something as simple as um, physio um, or if it's buying shoes or buying training gear, um, most athletes who, who will fall under this tier wouldn't have any sort of financial or, or support mechanisms from sponsorship deals, etc. So even just from a basic support structure, the basic medical supports um, or, or equipment needs, they'd be self-funding all of that. And if you're not in full-time employment, which most of these athletes wouldn't be because they're just coming out of the collegiate system and they're training, you know, 15, 20, 30 hours a week, um, and then they've got all of their... Um, you know, there, there are other bits and pieces that they need to do in terms of enhancing their recovery. Um, it's hard to, or it's, it's, it's almost impossible to be an elite athlete and hold a full-time job. So the, the mechanism for them to actually have their own supports through employment and compete is not, is not there. So if they don't have some sort of a, a financial support, they're not able to compete at the highest level. And that brings on a stress then. That brings on a stress of how am I going to get to races? How am I going to be able to get myself into, into shape to race? So that can be a stress for the athlete and that can affect their, their build and that can affect their performance. And if we take some of that away by giving them financial support, it obviously enhances their overall performance. And finally, James, how did this initially actually come to be and how long was the process um, from kind of where it started to where we are today? So in fairness, this would have been uh, John Mays, the chair of the club. This would have been his initiative and he would have looked for like-minded people uh, like myself, Brian Maher, a couple of other athletes who have been through um, the 
the years of competing at a high level, know what it takes to compete at that level and know what the financial burden um, and, and what, it, what you actually need to be successful. So when you have that in place, then, you, you know, there's an understanding and there's a drive towards, you know, getting the, the proper um, mechanism in place to, to, to kind of tier these people. Um, and then that happened about 12 months ago. And over the last 12 months, over a series of meetings and then proposals put forward to the actual uh, committee and explaining clearly what was going to be the, the actual program that was going to be put in place, that that played out over the last 12 months to this point where we're now at, at the launch. Well, we wish you nothing but every success with it. Credit to you for the work that's gone into it. And uh, thanks very much for speaking to me today. Thank you very much. Cheers. To switch attention from GAA and we're going to talk a bit about a soccer, Kilkenny and District League soccer to be more exact as the league returns tomorrow, well it returns with schoolboy and schoolgirl games today but the pick of the bunch of all games is when junior soccer returns in the form of the old derby that is Freebooters versus Evergreen I'm delighted to be joined on the line now by Gary Marr, the head coach head manager of Evergreen and new Kilkenny District League committee member Gary, how are you doing, sir? Not too bad, thanks, Shane. Uh, first of all, congratulations with the Kilkenny District League Committee uh, membership and uh, kind of being on that committee. I would, was going to ask you, how did you enjoy the break-off? But I know that you've been doing a lot of work as a committee as well in the background. Yeah, look, I suppose the opportunity came up there. I got asked a couple of months ago, would I be interested in being nominated to go on the league? Obviously, I had to think about it with the commitments I have in Evergreen, but look, I saw an opportunity, something that I, I suppose I always wanted to be involved in down the road when I probably finished managing, something that excited me. The opportunity came up a little bit earlier, so I was delighted to take the opportunity to join the new committee. Yeah, look, we're starting slow. I'm involved, I suppose, my, my position in the short term is to look after all the inter-county squads, uh, make sure they have training slots, make sure they have managers, make sure they're all set up and prepared to go for their, their inter-county game. So that's the role in the short term. Look, we've started quite well. We can't change much in the first couple of months, but we have a long road ahead of us, so hopefully we can we can add to the great work to pass the outgoing committee on and hopefully we can improve soccer in Kilkenny going forward. Yeah, it's a, like I know from just being involved within our team in the second division, just even something like having fixtures kind of put out over the next few weeks as opposed to finding out the on the maybe the week that the happening um, it has been a great benefit just for people lads having a social life and so forth yeah look that's feedback we got from a lot of the clubs that they wanted to know and plan their fixtures and see what way they were going and, and look that's what we want to do we're there to towards the government and run the league and be the voice of the, the feedback we get back from the clubs you know so we want to listen we want to be fully transparent in the way we move forward with, with all the leagues both school boys school girls and junior so if that's what the clubs all want and everyone's in favour who are we to stop it so small things like that are easy to implement there's obviously bigger things in the bigger picture that will need a bit of changing over time and, and over the next couple of years but hopefully as I said to, hopefully we can make great strides and improvements that will improve it. Uh, soccer in Kenny for, for boys, girls and juniors Yeah it's exciting times ahead thanks very much Gary for touching upon that but the, the big reason why you're here today is the massive match that is tomorrow it is Freebooters versus Evergreen in the watershed at 11 o'clock it's the old derby that any in Kilkenny and maybe even beyond knows how much it means to each side and all fans participating in it. First of all, it's the first match after the break, two undefeated sides. It's a huge fixture. Is that less than ideal coming back after that bit of a layoff? Actually, look, I suppose both groups would probably prefer to play a different a different opposition tomorrow and probably play each other Sunday week if had be. But when you look back over the years, there's never an ideal there's never been an ideal situation going into these matches. I've been there where we've been absolutely flying going into these matches and I went in and got I got beat. 
I've been in situations where coming off the back of losses going into these matches and won. So I've been I've been around it a long time now to know there's never an ideal situation coming into these games. Uh, the, the fixture being set is out of all teams' control. We just have to take it. We've had a good Christmas in terms of our preparation heading into it. So, look, it's not ideal, but what can we do about it? Both groups just have to get on, put the head down, get on with it, and look forward to, as you said, it's the, probably the marquee fixture of local soccer. And with both teams going so well, it's going to add that extra bit of spice on it tomorrow. Yeah, both teams, Evergreen, uh, four games played in the league, four wins. Freebooters on the other side, five games played, five wins. Um, the comparatively low number that are participating in the Premier Division hasn't really kind of seemed to halter you because of your involvement in outside competitions. No, we probably have more games played this year than we ever had at this stage. He's like been there in, in past years where we've only had two league matches played at this point. So it's great to see again that the league are, are kind of run on driving on. Albeit when we have four wins out of four, we didn't get it all our own way. And then matches we had to come from behind in two, then matches away in four to the way in bridge. And it showed, I suppose, the quality and calibre we have in the group that we can come from behind and turn around them results and get the, get the points on the board. I suppose with the shorter format and the shorter amount of teams on the in the league this year, it probably leaves little room for error, little room for margin over the coming months. Um, but look, again, it adds to the twice. It's a competitive league. It adds to it. So hopefully going forward, whoever can win tomorrow will take a big step. And uh, any lads carrying a bit of timber or anything after Christmas? Or did you get to do much training? Yeah, look, we trained. We trained right up to Christmas. We trained. We took the weekend off before, but we obviously trained the week Christmas week uh, twice. We were actually in Spinning and TJ's gym on the night to play the ball session. We trained Stevens this morning, um, which, which showed a commitment. We had 20 lads training Stevens this morning at 11 o'clock in the Kells Road, a tough physical session. We got the luxury of having a couple of friendlies over the Christmas as well. So, look, their shape is, our shape is good. We, are, we have a couple of knocks that we're probably not going to have tomorrow, but it shows the calibre of the squad that we still be at the field tomorrow. But, yeah, we're in good shape. We, we had a good Christmas. We didn't take any time off. So, look, in that sense, we're, we're happy with our preparation going into tomorrow. And talking about the calibre of the squad, that all comes from the investment that has been made out with Nevergreen. I know now that you have that new uh, all-weather pitch as well, but the investment that's been made in youth, in the youth structure, and now it's been tremendous to see the introduction of an Evergreen ladies team into the St. Canis's Credit Union League as well. How important is that to have that infrastructure for the younger schoolboys and schoolgirls now to have a team in the ladies' division and then of course then the four teams that are participating in the Kilkenny District League under the Evergreen Panner Yeah look it was usually important to have a lady team for us this year I'm on the committee in Evergreen as well and I know look our, our girls soccer in the last 18 to 24 months has doubled in size uh, we, we have let's say under 12 today we have four girls teams playing uh, like we have massive participation, massive numbers, and to have that pathway for them to go all the way to ladies' soccer was usually important for us. We have great people involved in our ladies' section. We saw like Barry O'Neill, they're heading it up, leading it up from the, from the outset. We have Pat Gagan to Shane Daly. You know, we have a lot of good, good people involved in that side of the Mighty Cashin. It's not, not to leave anyone out, I suppose, but it was usually important that we had a, a ladies' team that they could see a pathway the whole way to the all the way to ladies football and the way the new structure has gone we're going to lose a couple of girls as we have done this year to League of Ireland number 17 so they know if they want to come back after whatever it's not right that they know there's ladies soccer in everybody that they can come back and play and to the point the new pathway the new structure we're losing young lads every year to League of Ireland so we're showing them that, that there's a set up and there's facilities there and, and a great a great football set up that if it's not working in League of Ireland at all be more than welcome back into the Evergreen family you know and that's what we're there for facilitate football for us for boys, girls, ladies and men yeah, they always have a home and we sure you even seen that with Mikey Drennan as well coming back yeah, he played with Evergreen all throughout his school boy uh, went to Ever or Aston Villa Shamrock Rovers St. Pat's Lego Rovers and now back with Evergreen you've seen David Mulcahy playing with Evergreen there recently 
as well. So it's just tremendous to get to see that there there are these players that will come back to the Kilkenny District League and then still play with their home side. It's brilliant to see. Uh, what's great to see as well, you have a, a big list of fixtures now coming up over the next month. Of course, you have that game against Freebooters. You have Fort Rangers then coming up in the league. You'll be playing them once again at the start of February in the KCLR McCallum Cup. But you have a bit of Leinster action in between then as well. Yeah, we we actually I'm actually on the way down from Dublin here. We're playing uh, tomorrow two weeks. We're playing the last 32 of Ireland against against the Old County. I just watched them beat Collinstown in the round of 64. They won 5-2. So I'm on my way down the motorway there now after watching that this morning. Really top team, a young side, young up and coming side. So we have them on the 22nd of January, and then the week after we have the winners of uh, Clonmullion or or a tie in the Leinster. So yeah, and then we have as you say, we're into the KCL on the Cup, which is something that we've won over the last number of years. So it's one we want looking to keep a hold of this year. So we have a full full uh, list of fixtures coming. So we have a full squad at the moment. We're training really well. We're going, but we're going to need everyone over the next four or five weeks. Some massive, massive games ahead of us. But look, that's why no more than you with Cat Warren, right? Red that we all want to be involved. We all want to be there playing. And uh, we want to be, we're delighted to be involved and looking forward to the next five or six weeks. Yeah, we're looking forward to following your journey. Um, just before I let you go, um, how important then is, say, the provincial success for Evergreen? That disappointing game against Kilbarrick there last year, um, we know that it's going to be constantly on your mind to be able to progress on a provincial level. How important is that this year? Yeah, look, it's the last couple of years, I suppose, I, we'd always say, like, we want to win their local league. That first and foremost, our target, I suppose, at this stage is, is definitely them two outside competitions. We're not taking a right off that look, but it's something that our club craves, something that our club wants. Um, you know, whether it be school by school, they're junior, but for us, for me, it's, it's the... It's that focus on trying to get a Leinster Junior and FBI. It's massive for us. It's massive that a club like our size is a club that effort we put in that we want one of them, one of them big titles. Like we believe, it's something that we deserve. The caliber of players that we have. You mentioned a few of them there earlier. Um, it's one that's supposed we want to get the monkey off our back and get the force on the line, but. They don't come give wraps. They, they come with hard work. You have to work hard on the training pitch. You have to work hard on the day. And you're supposed to say, I was saying, you need a bit of luck. And hopefully this year we take it game by game, round by round. We have two really tough teams. We would have been hoping for easier draws at this stage in the competition with Old County and Clamullin. But um, they're two top outfits, but we got both into the Kells Road. So let's see if we can get over them. That'll put us in the last 16 of both. So let's wait and see. Let's take it game by game. But it's, it's, it is something definitely that we have one eye on, that we want to be competing at the top level against all them teams, whether it be Dublin, Limerick, uh, Wexford. Waterford that's where we want to be that's where we feel we need to be and we're, we're really excited about the challenge over the coming months yeah, well, Best of luck from the county as well representing the county at that stage is no easy feat Gary best of luck tomorrow as well I'll be talking to Shawnee Dial in just a bit but just so you know I'll be wishing him best of luck also so <laughs> I'll have to remain neutral I'll be down at that game it is in the watershed 11 o'clock tomorrow it is Freebooters versus Evergreen probably the biggest game in the county Gary thanks very much for taking the time to speak with us Thanks, Shane. Cheers. Th- Thank you very much. Gary Marr, head coach of Evergreen. Evergreen versus Freebooters. Tomorrow in the watershed at 11 o'clock. I just uh, there, I'll be talking to Shawnee Doyle in just a bit in relation to that. Get the Freebooters' perspective on things. <laughs> Welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Shane O'Keefe. Now, as we know, the Kilkennian District League will return following a break over the Christmas period. Whole host of underage games across Friday and Saturday, while the adult teams make their 2023 bows on Sunday. Pick of the games comes in the form of the St. Candice's Credit Union Premier Division, as Champions Evergreen take on the bitter rivals of Freebooter at 11 o'clock in the watershed. Joining me now is Freebooter's manager, Shawnee Dial. Shawnee, how are you, sir? 
Good time. Do you have a good Christmas anyway, and are, you're all ready to get back into action? Yeah, yeah, yeah. quite Christmas. Um, yeah, ready to go now. We're back training in a few weeks, so just get back at it as quick as we can. Yeah, how, um, I, I know it was FAI mandated and stuff, but how frustrating was to have that month break, or was it something that you thought was needed? Um, yeah, look, unfortunately, we had put in for a couple of weekends before this came out, you know, because we had lads away on different things. So we ended up nearly eight or nine weeks without playing a game. Um, so we trained, but you know yourself as being a manager, it's not the same. But we were lucky enough to get a couple of good friendlies. Um, once the mandate was lifted, we played St. Michael's Peak and St. Feeks from Carlos. So that kind of uh, got us back into the groove fairly quick. And you're going to have to hit the ground running as well, of course, as you're play- facing Evergreen. Both of are undefeated in the league as of yet. Freebooters, five games, five wins. Evergreen, four games, four wins. It's a tough ask coming straight into this in a competitive game. It is, yeah, it is. It's, um, I know you can play all the friendlies in the world, but because you're making so many changes and changing teams at half-time, it's, um, it's not the same. Look, it's a good game to come back. I've been involved in, God, I don't know how many of them. I've been on the good side of some and on the bad side of others. And it's, it's, it's a funny game. Um, I, I heard lads say the text life is on. Look, they're two good teams. They'll go hell for letter at one another and it'll have a big say on who wins the league at the end of the season. And it's been a while since Evergreen has uh, uh, not lost the league pretty much and they've been quite dominant over oh. the past while. Does that kind of stick in the grow of a, of a freebooters, man? Yeah, because we haven't won it in, I don't know, 10 years now. Um, I think I was actually the last manager to win it. Um, we've come close. I mean, COVID probably, I think everyone agreed, the first COVID lockdown cost us, I think, a league. We, there were three games to go and we were six clear. Yeah, I agree. Having beaten Evergreen on the fair green. And it looked like, look, I'm not saying anything can happen, but James and Tommy were in a good position. Then COVID came. We lost a couple of playoffs, but to be fair, Evergreen have been the best team the last few years. I think only Thomastown in between took a couple off, but they have been the dominant team, and rightly so. They had a good, experienced team. Now, many of these games took place in the fair green, and there's always an edge to them when it's down there. Yeah. This game is going to the watershed because freebooters are now in the middle of renovating the whole pitch down at the fair yeah. green. Um, first of all, how are you finding the watershed? Is the pitch much different than the fair green? Um, no, look, Shane, you, uh, your own team play up there. It's new to us. Realistically, we're playing all our games away from home. Um, we're grateful to have the watershed, don't get me wrong. But I mean, uh, the atmosphere, I think you've been there, the atmosphere when there's a big crowd in the fair green, I think is the best in Kilkenny. Yeah. Because everyone is so close to the pitch. Um, you know yourself, the watershed, there could be a massive crowd up there, but it looks like there's no one actually at it. Because they're either up on up at the, at the clubhouse or the running track is in between, you know. So it's a hard one to get, but we definitely miss the green and we can't wait to get back to it. And Shani, what exactly is happening down at the fair green? Um, we've decided Chad, to dig up our grass pitch and put in a full 4G, fully floodlit astro pitch. Um, the fair green pitch was fabulous for all the years it served us, but with the amount of numbers we have and the amount of teams, we felt it's the way to go. Um, I think junior football, myself now, this is my own opinion, no one else's, 
I think junior football is gone. The more lights that teams will look to play maybe Friday and Saturday night and have Sunday off. Um, I think the Leinster Senior League and most other leagues now, there's very, very rarely games on a Sunday. I think that's the way junior football is going to keep lads in it. So we've made that decision to put in full floodlights and a full 4G pitch. Yeah, I was going to say it to you because it's it's kind of an envy of mine when I see games going up in the Carlow District League. Collection are always playing on a Friday night and stuff. And just for lads to have a, a bit of a social life as well when it comes to junior football, it'll be fantastic to see the addition of floodlights within the Kilkenny District League. Yeah, so look, look I'm going to be playing with Port Leash. Um, and at the start of the year, he could, he could tell me that um, he only had two Sunday games in his whole fixture list. Now, that's league matches, outside of cup matches. But he knew at the start of the year that they had two Sunday games. Every other game is either a Monday, Tuesday or a Friday, which is fabulous. So, like you say, they have their weekend off. The guys that are married have their weekend with their kids. So, look, hopefully down the line, there'll be more clubs with lights. And I think that's the way to keep young players 19, 20 playing is the way to go. If you can tell them, look, we're playing Saturday night. Um, and you're off Sunday and I think it's the way it, uh, it'll go yeah and hopefully teams can get up to that standard of having uh, the the lights there uh, Shawnee then just kind of mentioning you're still in cup competitions obviously you're in the you're in the McCallman Cup you got drawn with East End United in the first round but interestingly enough as well the Pat Marr Shield a real chance to win silverware with uh, St. Canis's Bridge United and River Rangers all in the last four with you yeah, yeah, look, we're the holders of the field. Um, the lads won it last year, Tommy and James. Um, we wouldn't take anything for granted. We don't think we're that good that we can just turn up and think we can beat anyone. But, yeah, to be fair, to be in the last four, we're happy enough with that. We're still in the last 32 of Leinster. We were fierce disappointed to go out the FEI. We look back at it, it's a game. We didn't play well, but we still shouldn't be losing. Now, Gory Rangers were, are a good team, but... When we look back at on the video that the lads had, we felt we could have won in that game. But look, these things happen. It's junior football. You have to turn up every day. Um, but yeah, look, the Marish Shields, that look after itself. I think it's done in March, maybe. Um, we have to get over River Rangers to get to a final before you can even think of of winning one. And the other side, obviously, Gores Bridge going really well and St. Canis is a really good team going well in their division. Um so, you know, I, I think anyone could think they could win it at this stage. Yeah, it's it's definitely up for the grabs for every team that's in it. Uh, Shawnee, before I let you go as well, we've recently seen the introduction of a new Kilkenny and District League committee. Um, one of the biggest things that I found was the, the publishing of fixtures well in advance as opposed to having yeah. to find out, you know, the, the the week before. How do you think yeah. that... That, that is going are you involved in the committee yourself or you... no, no I'm on the free Boroughs committee but I was the representative at the last meeting and fair play to the lads to Miller and all like Shane like you said the one a month in advance is brilliant because if you look at it and you know the first week of February you have a problem with the game you're giving them three weeks you know that you can say Miller, look, we have a problem with that game that day. We have a wedding. You know what I mean? There's something on. Yeah. Um, where before, you had to have in by a Tuesday. And if if you hadn't, you couldn't get the game off. Now, look, the new committee will take time. I think the addition of the social media with um, Stephen Call is, is brilliant. I think it'll give... I see all the other leagues and their social media platforms are massive. And I think he's... he, As you know him well... 
he will do everything to get that up to speed as quick as he can. I think that's a brilliant addition. Yeah, it's interesting to see what's going to happen over the next year, but what's going to happen on Sunday is probably the most interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, it's Freebooters versus Evergreen, 11 o'clock down in the watershed. Do you have a full clean slate of players or anybody carrying a bit of Christmas timber, no? No, not much timber now, in fairness. They're all young, <laughs> but... Um, we train Thursday night and we have a couple in knocks and that's not I'm not hiding nothing. We Paddy Carl is definitely out. Um he's waiting on MRI and he's back. Um we had one or two lads in train going full blooded, picked up a couple of bangs and genuinely we won't know till Sunday morning how they're fixed. But other than that, look, we kept a small squad chain. We have eighteen, nineteen players because we didn't have a B team this year. We couldn't afford to carry 22 or 3 because we've no way of giving them all games. Yeah. So Peter, uh, Peter, the manager, I'm only helping him out now. Um, Peter decided to keep it to 18, 19. And look, it seems to be working for us. It seems to be working at the moment. Up to this game anyway, it seems to be working. Well, I'm looking forward to catching that game in the watershed. Shawnee, thanks very much for taking the call and best of luck. Thanks a million, Sam. Thank you as always. Shawnee Dial there helping out at Freebooters as they're ready to take on Evergreen on Sunday morning tomorrow at 11 o'clock in the watershed. Looking forward to it. Don't go anywhere. Lots more still to come here on Scoreline. What an absolutely fantastic night it was in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium last night where the highlight on the card was the Mickey O'Sullivan Memorial Novice Unraced Final and we saw a fantastic performance here by Walking on Sunshine who had to overcome massive traffic at the first and third bend coming from off the pace to gain a victory by a length to Bogger Lucky back in second and Zaccone Apollo back in third. Walking on Sunshine of course owned and trained by the very shrewd Con Guiney and Balkan and Sunshine is a greyhound with a massive, massive future. Won the first round of this event in 28.55, a time not seen too many times for novice pups in their first ever race around Kilkenny Track. And Walking on Sunshine has a massive, massive future. Bogger Lucky back in second, ran a massive race for owner-trainer Liam Peacock. So well done to Connections there in Zaccone Apollo. Back in third for owner-trainer Niall Foley. It was a fantastic performance from start to finish. The Mickey O'Sullivan Memorial Novice competition. And it's great to honour the memory of Mickey O'Sullivan. So well done to all involved with that competition. And plenty of very exciting greyhounds and very exciting pups to come in the future from that competition elsewhere on the card last night we had a double from the lemon kennel the Lennon family doing very well in kilkenny last night getting 2023 off to a flyer with lemon sylvia winning our first race in 29.79 after overcoming some traffic in that one as well and taking the last race with a lemon milo in a time of 28.90 at a price of five to four well fancied on the card last night so well done to all involved in racing in Kilkenny Ground Stadium. Last night, a cracking card indeed. We're looking forward to a very big year ahead. Some fantastic action with big competitions on the way. Fantastic sponsorship, as always, in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. We're looking forward to a very successful 2023. We have the Kilkenny Track Novice 2, Novice 3 competition coming up towards the end of of the month and the Kilkenny Track A2 5-5 competition which takes place 
on Friday, January 20th. So dates for your diary there. First round on Friday, January 20th. Very exciting action to look forward to. Well, the track management were very busy in recent times sending booklets to every GAA club in Kilkenny and Carlow. A very detailed guide of how to run a fundraiser at Kilkenny Track and it has been very, very well received with huge bookings for 2023 from the GAA community to have their fundraisers at Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. It's a wonderful way to make some money for your club, your charity or your organisation and it's a great way of having a great night with friends and family and supporters of your club and organisation. So it's highly recommended and for anyone who wants more details or wants to book a night for a fundraiser at Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium, you can do so by contacting 56 that's 056-772-1214. Tom Canan, the manager of Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium, will be more than happy to accommodate your requests and answer any questions you may have. So any GA clubs or charities or organisations who want to have a fundraiser, make sure to get in touch with Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. 056-772-1214. Bookings flying in for 2023. And we saw some very successful fundraisers in 2022. Some really good nights at Kilkenny Track and especially the GAA clubs having fantastic crowds and very, very well-supported nights indeed. So well done to all involved there. Exciting times in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. Also exciting times in Shelburne Park, where tonight we have the Shelburne Marathon 1,025-yard final. Fantastic and exciting event so far. And Willie O'Connor's proper rebel has a big chance from trap two in the final course Willie O'Connor from Mullinavat in County Kilkenny owns and trains Proper Rebel running from Trap 2 in the final has a big chance and best of luck to connections there vying for €4,500 to the winner of this one and the race after that we have the RCETS A1 dual distance 550 and 575 semi-final and plenty of local interest in this one in the form of Mooncoin Wildcat for Leo Dunphy of Mooncoin put in a fantastic run recently winning in 28.89 down in Waterford in 28.70 the race before that has a big chance from trap 2 in the first semi-final the second semi-final William Hennon of County Kilkenny has Ballygurfred running from trap 2 also in the second semi-final William Hennon had a fantastic 2022 was even involved in the Irish Greyhound Derby winner Born Warrior and has a fantastic team of greyhounds at the moment. So best of luck to locally connected greyhounds in Shelburne Park tonight. Very exciting 2023 ahead for the greyhound racing community. We look ahead to tomorrow's massive game. It is Kilkenny going up against Offaly in Derek Ling's first game in charge. We'll be talking a bit more about that as we come to the conclusion of the show, but we're going to change pace a small bit because... We're going to talk a bit of NFL. It's week 18, and when we talk a bit of NFL, there's only one man we go to. From the Irish NFL show, Mr. Colm Cronin. Colm, how are we finding you today, sir? Very well, Shane. Very, very well. Happy New Year to, to you. Always a pleasure to, to join you. And we are at the business end of the NFL season. Yes, certainly are. It's coming to the end of the regular season. Plenty to play off, play for. And speaking of play, playoff places on the line. 
Yeah, some really interesting games this weekend. Uh, look, I think tonight's game to me is, is possibly the most intriguing because you have a Jaguars team who had the number one overall pick in the NFL draft for the last two years, Shay. That tells you how bad they were. <laughs> but it doesn't give you the full extent of it because the Urban Meyer experience, as bad as Nathaniel Hackett was as Denver Broncos head coach, he wasn't kicking his own players. He wasn't uh, a complete embarrassment off the, the field. The Jags were in a really bad place this time last year. Doug Pedersen has come in there, done a phenomenal job, got Trevor Lawrence playing at the level we knew he could play at. And tonight, they have a winner-takes-all uh, game against uh, the the Titans. I, I know you love your WWE. Well, this truly, I mean, this could be a money-in-the-bank match because <laughs> both of these teams, whoever wins, is going to, to the playoffs. And the Titans are a team who started the, league, the season off really well, but they have not now won since the middle of November. Everything has kind of gone wrong for them key injuries and that will be the case again for for them tonight on the road against the the Jags. I think if the Jags were to do this and uh, win and get to the playoffs, Doug Peterson might ensure that he secures that coach of the the year title. So is there only two wildcard spots now available between or up for grabs in week 18? Um, well, I suppose you have essentially on kind of the the two sides of the the draw, and you have the the ones that the the two that are up for grabs. But it's the number of teams depending on on how results go. Obviously, the the Patriots going to to the Bills, and you know we all. I think even if you're not an NFL fan, you may well be aware of what happened in the Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals game. Jameer Hamlin. Hamlin. And the, but we've heard great news uh, from that, Shane, over the, the past 24 hours. We know that he was talking um, with his teammates just yesterday. And we saw the horrible scenes on Monday night, Tuesday morning, our time. And you saw players absolutely distraught. And yesterday you saw Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs with two of the biggest grins that I've ever seen. Um, you know, and, and that is uh, a testament to the medical personnel and everything that has gone on. But the Patriots have to go in there. If the Patriots don't win um, and they'll find it very tough, well, that opens the, the door. Can the Dolphins or the Steelers take advantage of that? The Steelers are a fascinating one because, you know, nobody really fancied them this year uh, with, with Big Ben and, and the questions around Q, the QB and what were they going to do. But they have a chance to, to potentially get in there. And on, on the NFC side, like it, it comes down really to, to me. Obviously, there's the number one seed to play, off, play for there, and we'll have to see uh, if the Eagles can secure that. But the Packers, I mean, this is like the you know edge returning to WWE with, with the Packers coming back to life. They looked dead and buried after that loss to the Titans, but they have a win and in game against the Lions at Lambeau Field. Um, but, you know, the Lions have been playing really well this year. If the Lions were to, to win, then all sorts of stuff could open up there. So it will it will be really interesting in the, the final weekend of the season to see what happens. Um, you know, we, we know for a time it looked like there might be no Aaron Rodgers and no Tom Brady, but the universe said, no, that won't happen. 
So some of the familiar faces will be at the, the dance, certainly. But there might be one or two surprises to, to go along with the, the veterans. Uh, talking about veterans, you, you talk about Peyton Manning and you talk about his record of 5,477 yards set with the Denver Broncos in 2013. Patrick Mahomes now has a chance to bypass that. He is just 429 yards off that record. How, how obtainable is that in the final game of the season? You, would, you wouldn't know. They're, they're going against a Raiders team who don't have a whole lot to, to play for who last or last week um, you know put in a pretty impressive performance against the 49ers but ultimately fell short now some of that might have been coming off of the uh, emotion of moving on from Derek Carr and everything that's going on there so it, it's tough to, to know I mean Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have they, like they have been phenomenal together. Andy Reid has never had a losing season in Kansas City, but the the Chiefs are they're they're winning, um, and they can be seriously impressive. But you would have to say over the last, particularly um, you know over the last month or, or thereabouts, Shane, they lost to the Bengals at the beginning of December. Now since then they have won four games on the bounce, but none of them you would say particularly convincingly. They, they they beat a really terrible Denver Broncos team twice, but on both occasions they didn't even win by a touchdown. They beat a Texans team who this weekend, I mean, that's another one to keep an eye on. The Texans will play the Colts with, um, you know, with the, the number one um, pick in the draft up for, for grabs between the, the Texans and the Bears. And they, they also beat a Seahawks team at home, but they haven't looked... Um, like themselves, they haven't looked like the team that they they can be. And um, now maybe then Andy Reid has learned a lesson. Andy Reid's teams very often peaked too early, and uh, a bit like you know the way Brian Cody would always ensure, and the way those carry footballers always come to life when the meaningful games start uh, in the championship. Maybe Andy Reid has learned a lesson that that is what he needs to do, not to peak too early, but instead to, to peak in January and February when you're into the playoffs and it's winner or go home. But yeah, I, I think Mahomes is the favourite to win the MVP and probably rightly so. Without Tyreek Hill, he's kind of had to put the, the team on his back. It certainly hasn't been pretty always, but he just finds a way to win. Yeah, well, like he, he does have two 400-yard games already this year. I think there's, what, eight in total within his career so far. His highest coming back in 2017. So it certainly can be done, but it just adds an extra bit of spice uh, to that game. Of course, looking at the betting odds here, I'm just kind of going through it. Despite what you were saying about the Chiefs, and maybe they are looking to peak at a different time. Wexford famously did not peak when it came to an All-Ireland Championship Series when they won the league under Davy Fitz. But it looks like Kansas City Chiefs are coming in as favourites, followed closely second by Buffalo Bills. Is there anything to be said from yourself as to someone maybe causing an upset? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I would think you you would look at the the Bengals have been incredibly impressive. They really have as a, as a team where you know they got off to a rocky start. They needed their 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 O line to gel. They'd made a lot of moves in the off season, but they've looked really good. And Shane, they've missed players. Uh, they had Jamar Chase miss time. Um, they have players playing injured. But in Joe Burrow, they have a phenomenal quarterback. In DJ Reader, they might have the, the best 
defensive line guy in the league this year. They are incredibly hard to to run on, and that means that teams only have one option against them, which is in, in terms of throwing the ball, and that's not easy to do. I figure they'll take care of business against the Ravens this weekend, and they'll have that home playoff game to to start. I I don't think anyone will like playing the the Bengals. They've had the Chiefs number the last three times they have played them now. They don't have any fear of going on the road to to win games. So I think if you're looking at that side of the draw, I think that is the that could potentially be the upset and on the NFC side, well the Eagles were so strong for for so long and they had avoided injuries up until the last couple of weeks of the season. But to to me, obviously, the injury to Jalen Hurts is probably what people will take notice of, losing your quarterback. But they lost Lane Johnson off the line, and he is incredibly underrated. The Eagles' offensive line allows them to do whatever they want, and that's one of the reasons they've been so successful. They can run the ball, they can pass the ball. Hurts has the time to take off if he wants to, but losing Lane Johnson, that's huge to me. I think that's opened up the door for, for others. I think on the NFC side, everyone who gets to the playoffs will look at it and think we're in with a chance but the 49ers are the bullies of the league this year uh, they they come along and they take your lunch money and they leave you in, in the dirt they're on QB3 I mean what they're doing I don't know if we have witnessed previously Brock Purdy Mr. Irrelevant the last pick in the draft but he is getting the business done for, for Kyle Shanahan's boys I, I really think this is an open uh, a Super Bowl um, year as we have seen in a long, long time. Uh, you, you were talking about the Bengals there um, and I obviously brought up the Buffalo Bills and you know what happened to DeMar Hamlin. Just for people who may not uh, be aware, it's kind of similar to what happened to Christian Eriksen when he was representing his country at Denmark in, in, in the Euros. And uh, as you said, hopefully all is okay as of now. But that game ended up, Week 17 game, ended up being cancelled outright. So... What does that mean now for the Bengals coming in against the Rams? Or Ravens, it, sorry. It, it, mean, it means they, they need to, to wait. I mean, it was an interesting the decision I, I get. I, you know, the league didn't want to, to have it as a, as a kind of a point off, I think because of D- DeMar uh, Hamlin for the Bills. They didn't want to make the Bills have a toy, coin toss. But they're happy to make the Bengals potentially uh, have a coin toss if the Ravens were to win. But the Ravens are without Lamar Jackson. The backup, Huntley, is carrying a number of injuries. The Ravens could end up playing QB3. I just don't see them scoring uh, enough points. I, I think also... You know what happened on Monday night, Shane. Will will probably play in two ways. I think because um, he he is fortunately making a, a great recovery, which is fantastic to see. I think that will the Bills will be buoyant because of that. But I think that the Bengals might well feel a little bit aggrieved because they had started Monday night's game really well. I think they will probably feel that they could have been in with a shot at the number one seed if you know that game if what happened to Demar hadn't happened and they had gone on to to win the game. So they may well have a little bit of a chip on their their shoulder. They may well feel that they have something to prove. And when Joe Burrow feels like he has something to to prove, watch out. Um, but I, I, so I, I do think it will play out in a number of, of different ways. I think for the, the, it's bad news for the Patriots having to, to go into Orchard Park um, because you are going to have uh, a Bills fan base um, that are now rejoicing of, uh, after you know, the fact that 
um, DeMar was able to get on FaceTime with his teammates, I think that place will be absolutely rocking. We know that at the, you know, at the worst of times, the atmosphere there is incredible. At the best of times, it is something else. I imagine table manufacturers all over the northeast of the United States got uh, orders in. We know that the Bills fans like to launch themselves off of minivans, off of lampposts, whatever it is. I think there will be an awful lot of tables broken in Buffalo tomorrow against the Patriots. Colm, thanks very much for taking the time to speak with us today. When can we expect to follow along all the action? Yeah, so you got a couple of games to, tonight. Uh, you, uh, the, the big one, you got the, the Raiders and, and the Chiefs tonight at half nine our time. The big one tonight is quarter past one in the morning, which is a, a tough one, but it, it should be a great game between the, the Jags and the, the Titans. And then back to, to normal tomorrow night at six o'clock. And uh, lots and lots to look forward to. Obviously, then playoff football when it is winner or go home. So we're in for a great couple of weeks of NFL action, Shane. Alan, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us. We can follow all that along on the Irish NFL show. Colm, until next time, enjoy the games. You too. Thanks very much, Shane. Thanks very much. Colm Cronin from the Irish NFL show. There's lots more still to come here on Scoreline, including a bit of a Greyhound report from our very own Mr. Joe Sheen. Don't go anywhere. You're very welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Shane O'Keefe. Now, if you've tuned into this show since I've been doing it over the past three years, you know I have a bit of a penchant for the world of professional wrestling. I like dipping my toes, getting to chat about it with various different personalities, but one of the strongest personalities is one of the trainers at the following gym. It's Fight Factory Pro Wrestling. If you ever wanted to be a pro wrestler, there's only one real place that you need to go, and I'll list out some of the illustrious alumni that pass through their doors. But first, I I'd love to introduce to you, Katie Harvey. Katie, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely delighted. As I said, I love waxing lyrical about the crazy world of professional wrestling and everything that Fight Factory has to offer. Speaking about Irish wrestling, I, I remember seeing Seamus O'Shaughnessy in the Ormond Hotel down on Ormond Street in Kilkenny back in 2006. He obviously went on to huge things. Then, of course, you had a whole litany of people such as Finn Balor. You've had recently Lyra Valkyrie. And then, of course, the WrestleMania headliner, Becky Lynch. And some of those have passed through Fight Factory Pro Wrestling, maybe even started their journey there. What makes Fight Factory such a special place? I think it's just it's it's we're big on tradition. I think it's obviously the school was was founded by Finn Balor, who you mentioned, um, and then when he headed off to Japan. He passed it on to Phil Boyd, who's the head trainer here now with myself. Um, and basically, the same way that Finn Balor taught people to wrestle is how we still teach people to wrestle. So I think it's just a, a tried, true, and tested um, syllabus, basically that we're passing on to people. And it's all well and good talking about the the people who've went into the upper echelons and up into the stratosphere of the world of professional wrestling, but everyone has to start somewhere. And they start in gyms like Fight Factory Pro Wrestling. And it certainly seems that over the past few years that you've been training people to reach those upper echelons of pro wrestling, such as Lyra Valkyrie, who was such a mainstay in Fight Factory Pro Wrestling for so long. Yeah, so what we try to do is we try to give a more well-rounded experience of being a pro wrestler. Um, Because we have so many great coaches who have gone on and done different things, even aside from WWE, you know, appeared for AEW, gone to Japan, gone to Mexico, travelled around Europe. Um, 
we do teach people to wrestle, but we try to teach them everything else as well. So we try to teach them character, promos, social media, how to carry themselves. We even, we even do seminars on things as small as if you go to a new promotion for the first time, how do you introduce yourself? <laughs> so we, we try to give them the full package. So we're not just sending people out into the wilderness with, with three moves to their name, you know. Yeah, it's it's about building people up because as you so rightly mentioned that the world of professional wrestling truly encompasses the whole globe and different standards are set in different countries. So to, to try and teach someone to be a well-rounded person is probably one of the main things that you can teach, not just in wrestling, but in sports in general. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of us come from a general sporting backgrounds as well, which really helps. So like myself and Phil, our day jobs are we both run commercial gyms. Um, I train trainers, that's my day job. Um, so we try bring a lot of kind of real life elements in as well because a lot of people when they start training are very young. Um, you know, we take from 16 years and up. Um, so that's a really impressionable time. Um, and I always found sport a great discipline growing up. So we're trying to, we're trying to bring that to wrestling as well, that it's... I don't want to sound corny and be like, oh, we're giving you a family. But, you know, we're we're trying to create a strong community so that anyone who joins Fight Factory, you're not just showing up for wrestling training. You're, you're, you're showing up to your friends. You're showing up to a, a community and an environment that you feel comfortable in. And Fight Factory been set in Bray and then recently you've had a location change. People from different parts of the county might seem, oh, that's a bit too far away from me or, oh, I'll never be able to do that. But we've recently interviewed Clayton Long, who is a mainstay of Fight Factory pro wrestling and uh, a man known by the name of Angel Cruz, who has went on to some fantastic things. And they're both Carlo natives as well. So it's not out of reach to people if they're willing to put in the hours. Oh no, absolutely not. And actually both the people you've mentioned are former Five Factory Irish Tag Team champions, ironically. <laughs> not together, but separately. Um, we have people travel from all over the country. Um, we had a training session this morning and we had people who travelled from Limerick, from Cork, from Belfast, and then, you know, kind of closer surrounding areas like Kildare and Carlow. Um, we have people travelling from abroad to train in Five Factory. Um, we have a we have a, a thing on next weekend called Next Gen. So what that is, is it's a training day that we open to everyone, um, no matter what school you're in, what country you're from. We have 45 people signed up for it already. I only put it on sale yesterday. Um, And what we do is basically just have a a big old training session with everyone and get to make contacts, get to, you know, kind of pass on the Fight Factory training, get to meet new people. And then in the afternoon, what we do is we put on what we call a next-gen show. And the requirements are for a next-gen show is basically... These are the first shows you will do in pro wrestling. So if you come to an X-Gen show, you're seeing someone having their first, second, third match ever in their career. Um, so they're really, really fun days um, and, and something that we, we run maybe four or five times a year um, just to kind of harness that good energy and, and give people a start in wrestling. And to, to get on shows, obviously, it, it takes a lot of courage for someone to be able to go out there, especially in some of the outfits uh, that might be uh, very extravagant because you have to be a bigger-than-life character in some respects when you're in wrestling and get some charisma across. But it all starts from a very first training session. And I can see that you have a 10-week beginner course starting on the 21st of January. Yeah, so again, these are something that we run fairly regularly and one thing that we found really successful kind of post-pandemic is running 10-week beginner courses because we found before we ran courses, if you were just turned up to a random training session, it was very intimidating for, for reasons that you said, you know, some people are very far along, they're over the top all the rest of it Um, whereas if you're starting with kind of 11 other people and it's their first day as well um, it's kind of like you're in a little gang little secret clique 
um, and you know starting together and progressing together through the 10 weeks is has, has great staying power for us now for, for recruiting new members what we try to do is within the 10 weeks we try have you at a stage where you can have a training match at the end of 10 weeks and to be honest most people who want to try wrestling that is their bucket list to have one match you know um, anything after that is a bonus but we try get them to that one match at the end of the beginners course yeah it's uh, I, I managed to back in the day to have one match in the Spring Hill Court Hotel in Kilkenny and that was my bucket list accomplished That's and I amazing. was just so 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 happy to get to do a Shane the Bruiser no one ever wants to see him back uh, the, the, the training course in itself uh, what does it entail then because uh, people might see the world of wrestling they might have different perceptions about what it is but it is a very physical and demanding type of athleticism that people mightn't realise yeah, it's it's to be honest, wrestling is that funny thing where it's half art and it's half sport. So the way I try to describe it is we train like athletes so we can perform like stars. Um so the training would be it would be fairly physical. I've done a lot of martial arts training and stuff over the years. We will teach you how to roll, how to bump, which is to fall safely. We'll teach you how to do moves, how to take moves, we'll teach you how to put a match together. Um and we'll also teach you things like confidence you know how to how to look at the crowd when you're doing it which can be a very scary thing you know a lot of people will start off wrestling looking at their feet and these are all things that can be taught and can be encouraged and can be nurtured through the 10-week course and and we've we've had great success getting people from kind of their their first session to their first match Uh, it sounds incredibly exciting and another thing that I've seen that you've implemented in Fight Factory Pro Wrestling uh, and it's been very encouraging to see because many people have various different things that they are associated with or that uh, they classify themselves as and it might be quite daunting to go into into a very physical world like that but you've introduced last year wrestling with the squad could you tell us a bit more about what that is? This is actually the brainchild of Debbie Keitel. Um, she was the big driving force behind this. And basically, Wrestle with the Squad is it's a monthly wrestling session um, from beginners to experience that caters towards uh, women, trans, non-binary, non-gender conforming people. Basically, anyone who needs that space um, to, to join wrestling and gain a bit of confidence. Um, so we run it once a month. We've had really good uptake. Sometimes we have up to 20 people a session, again, from all over the country. Um, I think actually we have some from the UK and Germany traveling over this year to do some of the training. Um, and again, it's just wrestling should be for everyone. Even though it is very physical and not everyone is going to make a career, everyone should be able to achieve something in wrestling, I believe. Um, So this is why we're trying all these different courses, different avenues to to include as many people as we can because I love wrestling. I grew up loving it. It's it's given me my whole life, you know. so that's what we're trying to do. Uh, aside from wrestling with the squad, we also run small private courses. Like at the moment, I, myself and LJ Cleary are we're currently running a course on Mondays for adults with intellectual disabilities. Um, and again, really good success with that. We're just trying to include different avenues of people. Um, so yeah, basically we're just trying to start as many courses and get as many people wrestling as we can this year. And it's so encouraging to hear. And even the name that you mentioned, LJ Cleary, we've just talk to him just after the pandemic and seeing his transformation from being a young 16 year old or even 16 I believe and to where he is now and he was one of those names that you mentioned that got to wrestle on AEW television recently against PAC so it's all coming from Fight Factory Pro Wrestling Um, in terms of people just getting a perception of what Fight Factory is you're releasing some of the shows that you're putting on in your new venue on YouTube 
Yeah, we're going to release everything uh, for free on YouTube. Um, basically, we're a club first and foremost. So we decided to start running monthly shows to give more opportunities to Irish wrestlers. And what I'm doing is I'm bringing over some fairly big imports. Like we just had Eric Redbeard on the last show and we're bringing over a lot of UK talent. Um, again, to kind of bolster the roster and give us more learning experiences. Now, I could put these shows behind a paywall and we would get some subscribers. But to me, the wrestlers work so hard, I think they deserve to be seen. Um, so I'm putting everything out for free. <laughs> That's amazing. It's sticking with your mantra of wrestling is for everybody. Yeah, we're just putting it all out for free. If people, and I understand cost of living crisis, times are hard. Um, like People want to watch wrestling and they might not even be able to afford a subscription service, you know. So I want everyone to be able to access uh, Fight Factory. So we set up different ways people can su- uh, support depending on what their means are. So, um, I mean, ways to support us. You can like and subscribe to that YouTube channel I mentioned. Um, the more subscribers we get there, the more I can monetize it, the more I can, you know, attract sponsorship, that kind of thing. Um, you can buy a ticket to a live show. we we'll run them once a month. Um, or you can... Uh, buy us a coffee <laughs> so basically on our social media it, you can tip us a fiver if you're enjoying the content we're putting out for free and you just feel like supporting the club and um, again just different means for different people uh, to keep the club going well judging by how much you have going on you may certainly need a coffee to keep you going but it sounds tremendously exciting thank you so much for speaking with us once again if people want to take up say that 10 week course which is starting on the 21st of January this month it's on Saturdays from 12 to two so it's when people aren't necessarily working or the general public mightn't be working how can they get involved what would be the best way to get in contact with Fight Factory Pro Wrestling so they can find us on most social media platforms as Fight Factory or Fight Factory Pro Wrestling and we're on Twitter we're on Instagram we're on Facebook Um, they can also find the website which is ffpwwrestling.com and that actually has the link to the sign up course If people are unsure, they can shoot me a message over any social media platform and I'm generally quite good and quite responsive in a short amount of time. Um, And I have a little FAQ email I can send to people if they're kind of unsure what they're getting themselves into. Katie, thank you so much for taking the time with me. But I'm going to have to ask you the question, are we going to see Katie Harvey once again in the robes winning championships all around Europe and Ireland? I, I dabbled a bit towards the end of last year now. I did four whole matches in 2022, so uh, don't rule it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Katie Harvey, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us here on Scoreline. Oh, that's great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. That is Katie Harvey. As I mentioned, former champion, not just in Ireland, in Europe. And talking about tough world of professional wrestling, Katie Harvey has experienced that herself and made a tremendous comeback. I remember seeing her in the National Stadium winning the Irish Championship. It was just one of the wholesome moments in wrestling that I can remember and that's what wrestling's about it's about create, telling stories and creating memories for people and I certainly remember that one if you want to be part of creating memories for people Fight Factory Pro Wrestling has that 10 week beginner course starting the 21st of January 2023 you can get all the information on their social media channels we'll have an article on scoreline.ie just a bit later in the week we're going to take a quick ad break there's lots more still to come here on scoreline I'll give you an update on that Carlo and Longford game don't go anywhere And that's been Scoreline Extra. I've been Shane O'Keefe. You can follow along the journey of 2023 in Kilkenny and Carlos Sports 
on Scoreline every Saturday and Sunday from 2 to 6. You can tune in on Friday nights with Eddie Scally at 6 o'clock and our full-time show on Monday at 6. I'll be seeing you or you'll be hearing me. I may be hearing you at some stage very soon. But for now, stay safe, stay sane and remember, above all else, your sound out. (laughs) 